Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hey, Nate. What's up? Long time, no talk. I know, for real. This is not good. I know. So you uh, you went off to college. You went and decided that working in a state other than New York is the way to go. And <laughs> way to uh, go. <laughs> so where does that put you now? Well, uh, I'm out here in the Chesapeake Bay area uh, doing water, wastewater, environmental, uh, town engineering. <laughs> uh, just doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's good. It's worth the four years, kind of. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about all the debt, but you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah, we don't yeah, talk yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's going good. Yeah. 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 yeah how, 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 uh, go ahead. How, uh, how's life with you? You know, I know you just got, you got married a couple years ago, so, you know, but, uh, yeah, we haven't really hung out. Was last time. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that was the last time I saw you was my wedding probably two and a half years ago now. That's Basically. how long it's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's going good. So I, I've jumped around since then. I you, used to work for a facilities maintenance company doing their engineering. And last year, it's been a year now, actually, I work uh, for another company building uh, mobile apps for the K-12 through school bus industry, which I never realized so much went into driving a bus until I started working there. Gosh, more <laughs> respect goes out there. And it'll forever be known as the joke that the kid that's a college dropout is closer to being a student on the bus than an actual driver on the bus. Wait, so, so did you did you never get a college degree, like associate? No, or I'm <laughs> I'm still a dropout. Yeah. <laughs> and you went and you went and you went to four years for what? Um, engineering uh, with a concentration in environmental. Uh, originally, I was mechanical, but then I switched to environmental because outside is better. But yeah, gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're enjoying all the debt. Well, I'm living close to debt free as a college dropout, just working in the industry the same way. No Thanks. difference. It feels good, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, so Rick, why don't you give our listeners a quick intro into why we're starting this podcast? Well, um, we. I think we just need an excuse to catch up really is, uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's one of the biggest reasons, you know, we, we, life gets so busy and we're just like, you know, especially with, you know, having a wife and stuff, you know, you get busy and doing stuff yeah. and, uh, having all your little side projects that you got going on. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's good to bounce uh, engineering off of somebody else, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. you know, other friends who are not engineering, obviously, and just, they, they, they don't have the same grasp or understanding like what goes into engineering. And that's kind of like, it's okay. We can say, we can just say intelligence. They don't have the same intelligence to keep the company. I wasn't going to say that, but okay. That, that works. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, you know, that's, that's kind of why we named it uh, this podcast, the, the engineer of what, because there's a lot that goes into engineering. We, you know, we, we engineer everything in our everyday lives and you know, take engineering and we apply it to every everything around us, kind of. I mean, at least I do anyway. But Yeah, we'll we'll slowly cover how being an engineer isn't really doing what your job title yeah, is. Yeah. It's more to solve any problem that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, even when we uh, when we started this podcast, it was an idea that I had for a couple of weeks. And I was like, ah, Ricky's never going to go for it. He's never going to do oh, it. Please. And I, text, I know, and I texted you on my drive home from work. Um, yes, texting in New York State is illegal um, while driving. So, be. but I texted you, any, but I texted you anyway, and was like, "Yeah, he's not going to reply. He's not going to care about this." And the next thing I know, we're having a 
full-blown conversation. I'm like, crap, I got to get home and finish this conversation because <laughs> Ricky's actually excited about the idea. <laughs> I, I always want to do a podcast. You know, that's not, it sounded like fun. So what, you know, why not? Yeah. It's only like in yeah, 40 we, minutes, 40 minutes every couple of weeks or so. Yeah. And we, we used to, uh, when we hung out in high school, so Ricky and I are long high school friends. Yes. Uh, when we hung out in high school, I cannot tell you the number of conversations that Ricky and I had in the back of Mr. S's class and we should be learning <laughs> that have literally just been debates. Like back then is when we should have started a podcast Honestly, just with the three of us. Lord, I was, That's when it should have I been. I was so into politics back then. It was, it was despi- despicable, honestly. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah, you're lucky I, you're lucky I pushed through all that because, I mean, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. Senior year, that was interesting say at least but yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway that's why we're starting the podcast rick's a as he said uh name all three again it's more than i can remember yeah. environmental well, water waste water wastewater so i do your i do your sewage i do uh getting water to your house to make the sewage and i also do environmental yeah so so <laughs> So explain that. Does your company work for the city, the state, or do you guys are in the public sector rather than the private sector? Well, we – it's honestly like who don't we work for, you know, because we, we <laughs> work for state governments. We work for federal, the federal government, uh, mainly local governments in my sector anyway. Um, because in environmental, you're working for one-off uh, clientele that are just like, hey, can you get me a uh, environmental site assessment? It's basically like, you know, you go through a checklist and see what's within regulation, what's not, and tell them this is what you need to fix, essentially. And for water and wastewater. So do you have to go on site? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice. We get to go outside a bit. Just a bit. Oh, that's better than uh, me. All right, keep sorry. going. That's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I chose it. Um, yeah. But water and wastewater is more or less like infrastructure. And we all know like how America, everybody talks about, oh, America's infrastructure is crap and all needs to be upgraded. Everybody mm-hmm. else has better infrastructure than us. And well, that's that's basically what I'm doing is because, you know, going to these smaller towns in Delaware mainly right now is where I'm working out of. Uh, and they have infrastructure that's over 100 years old. They're using lead pipes for stuff. And it's just – not, and that's not as bad as it sounds, honestly. It really isn't. But like, um, it sounds like you're drinking lead paint. Well, it's not because it's chemicals, <laughs> other chemicals that we like to put into your water. But <laughs> you know, it, it's okay. <laughs> it's all within uh, EPA, FDA regulations, so it's all good. But yeah, um, it's fun. It's interesting to go to meet the local towns, uh, kind of help them out with what's going on. You know, figure out their uh, budget, budgetary issues. Also, um, I do a lot of budgetary stuff for them, you know, figure out, Hey, if you increase your rates or you tiered your rates this way, you can make more money and put more money towards building your roads back up or putting more infrastructure down or, you know, just using it. However, um, yeah, it's nice to meet the little towns and get to know the smaller towns of America or even Chesapeake, Delmarva area. But yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So, well, so, my life, my life isn't nearly as exciting. I was just going to say, how, how does your life compare to what I'm doing? <laughs> so I'm for the most part stuck behind a desk all day, which I guess is fine with me as long as I have headphones. Um, but uh, I work for a company that builds software for the school bus industry. We do school bus routing um, only through K through 12th. 
and we do stuff from the routing to the team that I'm on is we build uh, an Android application that uh, does navigation for the bus school bus drivers. So yes, it's coming to a town near you. We will track your kid as they get on the bus. Uh, you can find out where your kid is, where they are, how close they are to your house, how close they are to school. Um, things that makes me feel good whenever I have a kid, things I'm really grateful for that my parents didn't have when I was a kid. Um, oh, yeah, especially you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad it's coming after that, not before. Um, but I mean, it's pretty cool stuff. A lot of, uh, I didn't think we'd need it, but apparently school bus stuff, we need an R&D team, which I'm trying to do more and more in. So we do some cool stuff with the, with the R&D, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the big thing, which Ricky, I think is going to be part of our topics as we go through these episodes is in different ways, we both work with a company called Esri. Uh, I use it for routing and navigation and, uh, tell me what, what you use it for. What do you use? Esri well, the for? biggest thing though, uh, my company, uh, uses it for is a lot of visualization of like, uh, where we need to put some, uh, soil borings, where we need to, um, tests for different uh, well water or just uh, get down into uh, groundwater and see what's going on and kind of see the trends that's going on. Uh, Use it for, oh man, what don't we use it for? Honestly, like there's so many things that you can use ArcGIS for. uh, But the biggest thing that for real, the biggest thing that we use it for is asset management. That's a big thing in Delaware right now. Uh, Well, it used to be anyway until they cut the funding um, is basically we go into a town, they give, they give my, um, my company or similar companies about a hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. we go into the town, we audit, we basically audit them, but with their assets uh, in relation to water and wastewater and, how they're spending their money, um, how their budgetary issues, like what budgetary issues do they have and how can you fix it? Um, all their aging infrastructure. Uh, and we put all of this into ArcGIS and then it kind of, it kind of visualizes, you know, where, where, what infrastructure needs the most help in what areas basically. Uh, it, it helps, especially for the town uh, managers or town foremans uh, maintenance workers in towns to visualize the stuff, you know, if they, cause you know, they don't have engineering degrees, so they, it's easier for them if to see a visual representation of what's going on in their town. Right. Um, right. And with ArcGIS, you can do, um, probability of, uh, failure, um, COVID or yeah, you, you can, can do, do anything. You can do a lot of stuff. Good Lord. You can do so much with that. Yeah. It's and it's only the tip of the iceberg, especially when you get into ArcGIS online. Then you can get into uh, citizen reporting. You can get into um, mm-hmm. power outages stuff. You can get into, um, oh my gosh, uh, mobile apps for yeah, for one thing. Uh, That's what I yeah. use right there. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What we use, it's it's insane. So like, we don't do the the graphing and stuff like that, but we use it for uh, obviously turn by turn navigation for school bus drivers. But uh, we use it for um, the routing and planning, so routing directions beforehand for the drivers and uh, visualizing, you know, if I'm Nashville, Tennessee, and I have a thousand vehicles, then I can see all thousand on the Esri map and see, you know, which ones are speeding, which ones are uh, not on path, the planned path, which is a huge thing. 
um, see how many kids are on my bus on that certain time um, and get ready for this. So this doesn't use Esri, but it uses the data we get from mm-hmm. Esri. This is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Um, we, there's a coworker I work with who's big and he could have some fun R and D stuff, just some fun side projects. And we brought one into our system. So VR is a big thing that's right. coming up now. Right. Huge thing. Um, with the AVL data that we get from these buses, he found out that you, there's a way using Babylon JS that you can put a Bing satellite imagery down. You can get 3D buildings from uh, OpenStreetMap data, plot that on, take the GPS points from the bus, and I can watch my bus drive around in 3D in VR um, That's in a town. I, he even made it. Yeah. And uh, he even made it so that uh, the little kids uh, get on and off the bus at the right stop, does all this animation. And um, I know I, these are the things that when they, when they happen, I sit there and I'm like, well, I need to become a better programmer because <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that in my free time. <laughs> like crazy how you can do all, how all this can happen now. Whereas like, even when we were in was uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, we didn't, nothing. They had cameras on the bus, sure, but those cameras just sitting there. They weren't doing anything like this. No, no, they, uh, yeah, no, not even <laughs> close. Those, even those cameras, they, so some of them aren't even real. Some of them are only recorded in the case of oh. an accident. Um, yeah, they're not even on half the time, but uh, sometimes they do stream back. It's a whole thing. It's honestly, when I found out what goes on inside a bus and why districts need all this stuff, I legit like mind blown. Like, gosh, this is so much more advanced than you think a school bus, a yellow school bus right. would be. But huh. whatever. Crazy, crazy stuff. So, Rick, other than what we're working on, what we're talking about, uh, what's new going on with you? What? So, for those of you who don't know, I have, I've had this whole week off and have been bugging Rick because I forgot that normal people have to work. So, I totally forgot that Rick was working and just been talking to him all week, getting ready for this episode, and uh, <laughs> forgot that Rick was working. So, Rick, what, what's going on in the life of Rick towards the end of 2017? Uh, Non-work-wise, um, well... My me and my girlfriend's uh, anniversary is six month anniversary is tomorrow, so that's that's nice. Um, nice, and you know I've been really getting into cryptocurrency actually lately. Um, just bought some, yeah, which I'm super <laughs> interested in because it's it's interesting. It, <laughs> it's it's nothing like stocks. It really isn't. And it's just a whole different animal. Um, just bought some more Ripple today, so that's nice. Hopefully, make good profit off of that one, but. Um, yeah, what's the, what's the coin that well, you use again? I like to invest in Ethereum and Ripple. Um, they are two of the fastest uh, transaction cryptocurrencies right now. Uh, Ethereum, they charge thirty one cents for a transaction of any size, whereas you know it with banks, with typical banks with fiat currency, they you know charge a percentage or whatever. Whereas Ethereum, it's like it's just it's based on. Um, it's just it's just based on how much energy it takes to put that into the uh, it put to, put that into the blockchain. Um, I'm not going to go into blockchain mm-hmm. stuff right now, but no, that, yeah, we don't have to get into that. That's a whole episode we could do later, but, but not yeah. Now. Um, but Ethereum, uh, that's is that is decentralized. That one is, um, and then I also get into Ripple, which is centralized, uh, which 
which a lot of people don't like because the whole point of cryptocurrency was to get it away from centralization of governments and everything like that. But at the other hand, though, um, a lot of companies go towards that because they like that backbone of centralization. Uh, and it's not mineable, whereas Ethereum is mineable. And uh, for a good, everybody knows about Bitcoin, what, how that works, basically. Um, so you, when you mine it, it puts it into the blockchain. So Ripple, it you get paid to um, do the blockchain for Ripple, but it's not mining in the truest sense, I guess. But yeah, it's it's all it's all different and they have they literally have so many different coins out there now i just saw they created two more uh marijuana coins i don't don't even know yeah yeah there's there's three more there's three different marijuana coins out there just let that thing yeah (laughs) what defines it as a marijuana um thc coin or uh the name just the the logo is like a weed plant so then they have Pepe yeah. coin, you know, the Gosh. meme, Pepe the frog. Yeah. 4chan's got <laughs> yeah. all that. <laughs> so any, so it's like anyone and anyone can start Basically, their own cryptocurrency. Yeah. I, I just saw a dental one the other day. There's a dental cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. I, I'm not sure about that one. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, my week has been different. My week has been, um, even though I've had the week off, I have been, cleaning up all my personal projects throughout this year. So uh, part of it was uh, I'm actually just got nominated and I'm working towards being a Microsoft MVP. So big things are coming there, but I had to go through and clean up all my open source projects and change the licensing and make sure build servers were working and all that other stuff. And uh, another note on engineering. So Rick, as you know, I've been doing sound for many years, yes. and uh, you want to talk me basically. I did more. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I did more work over the summer. Where do you remember uh, Jeff Pitcher? Can't say I do. Maybe. Okay. Well, yeah. You, if you saw him, you'd probably remember him. Probably. Big shout out to Apex Audio, by the way. If you're in the Albany area, great audio company. Um, so combining what I did over the summer, which he finally classified me as a A1 audio engineer. So software engineer, audio engineer, officially in the title now. Good to go there. Um, I work with him and we do, uh, we're building our own lighting program. And for Christmas Eve, we did a show and had a full run through live test of it. And it worked flawlessly. How often does that happen? So just flawlessly works. Right off the bat. Oh, during a live demo? Live demo. No, exactly. it never works. Yeah. yeah. That's a miracle. Yeah. It was like one of those things where we had a hour show and it didn't crash once. It didn't freeze. And um, it was good. Now, I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of bugs that I was coding five minutes before we went on. <laughs> but by the time we went on, all was good, set to go um, without any issues. And uh, so I've been working towards that, getting that to where we can start <laughs> testing it more. But that was the big accomplishment this week was a finally, a fully successful uh, use of our new lighting program, which is awesome. That's right. awesome, awesome. That was awesome. the one with the touch, uh, touchscreen capability, right? And all that, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Touchscreen. Uh, the whole mindset is for anyone out there who listens or, you know, is in the audio world. Lighting programs are either thousands of dollars crap, but either way, they're overly complicated and take forever to set up. So we got it so that it's cheap, easy to use, 
and I had the entire stage, fog machines, movers, lighters, blinders, uh, set up in five minutes. The entire that's show, awesome. scenes and all, like like done. So um, that that's our that's our goal with it. So yeah, touchscreen enabled, wow. uh, win- Windows and Mac, same experience on both. Um, you can export boards from your Mac to your Windows, so it's it's easy, super easy to use. Nice. So that's nice. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get into our main topic yes, for yes, episode yes. number one? Uh, Rick actually came up with this topic for this week, and it's all about standards. Yes. So standards are something that, uh, as an engineer, depends. I mean, it'll, it's in every industry, but specifically engineers. Um, we like doing stuff well. We like doing stuff with high quality. However, our clients and our bosses might not always agree. <laughs> And I think that's where some of the struggle is. So I'll let you start off, okay. Rick, um, about some recent projects you've been yeah. doing or something where standards have been a problem. But before we start, I just want to say that you are blessed that you're not in software engineering where you have to worry about a QA department because QA and standards is a whole other... Oh, God. Just move past it. Software engineers don't like QA and the other way around. It's just a whole mess. So just be grateful that you don't have a bunch of people just testing your code for standards or, um, I don't know, items that weren't even possible. They think everything's a bug. Bugs can be features. Anyway, go ahead. You start. <laughs> Bugs were features. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, well, in response to the QA thing, like my boss it does all the QA for me or multiple, any of the project managers in my, in my water resources group. Uh, or environmental group, um, they do the they do QA QC on me, and then if there's a major paper written, we get passed around. Multiple people look at it, so you know it's it's a different type of QA. We don't have a whole full department for it, like, but uh, it, it's definitely there. Do you, you have other offices though, right? Do they have a QA department, or is that just no? That's not a thing because all the project managers do that for uh, the uh, project engineers, uh, project scientists, whatever. Gotcha. You. Um, so all the QA is done at the project yeah, management level. Yeah, it doesn't go above that really. Um, yep. Gotcha. It, it could be other project engineers reviewing it, but ultimately a project manager, uh, professional engineer uh, has to sign off on it. But, but yeah. Do you guys get your, uh, do you get your specs in the project managers too? So like your thing is a project manager comes in, says I need X, Y, and Z. You go do your thing. And then they're, they're the ones that review it before the city or yeah, whatever exactly. looks at yeah. it. Um, we're, we kind of get told like, okay, this is kind of like what we need to get done. And then we decide how to get that done uh, within the specifications of whatever, whatever it be, you know, uh, local regulations, um, state regulations, county regulations, whatever, you know, um, we, we just, yeah, we have to do it. All right. So, but anyway, back to standards. Um, Hold on, hold on. I'm going to take okay. another rabbit trail for a second. So you you mentioned you yes. mentioned specs. So uh, how are your specs? Because this actually just came up at a conversation within okay. my office for how we can do how we can do 2018 mm-hmm. better. Because people believe we don't we don't get you know high quality specs. We're left guessing. We're left doing the research ourselves. Are you on the fence of where you get enough specs and you're happy? You like having a lot of specs, or are you the person who's you can deal with some specs, but you don't mind doing the research and kind of being that guy yourself. Well, I, there is usually when we when we do a project for 
somebody. Um, there's a there's a water company, a regional water company, in Delaware. I'm not going to name names here, but uh, they they have their own set of specs for vertical turbine pumps for water distribution or for, for uh, clear wells to get all the sediment out of water or even doors. They have specs for doors, like exactly how big um, the doorknobs have to be, how big the windows have to be, everything. What kind of metal, what kind of uh, glass, everything. Um, we had there for certain projects, we have to do project manuals and literally it's a 600 page book of specifications for this project. And it is, it is down to the T. I, I, I cannot, I cannot convey it well enough without showing you this book. Um, it, uh, for this water treatment plant. I, I believe you because my my specs recently, because yeah. this has been an argument that I've been in. So for our web application, our fully functional, like I'm talking in-depth web application, the design specs is a two and a half page that's Word it. document. Okay, two, that's it. And it doesn't even cover everything. So I'm left guessing. And then this is where QA comes in and says, oh, no, it needs to be done this way. And I come back saying, where is that spec'd out? <laughs> um, so side note, and you'll be a fan of this cause you're an Android user. I did a project and I'm voting. We move this project to material design cause you want to see designs. You want to see design specs, go to material designs website. And that is like yeah. to the T of how design specs should be. So keep going. I'm with you on the 600 page book. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that, and that's kind of like how they, they like to do it, especially for, um, government projects where everything has to be within regulation. Um, it, they have so many, the regulations is just, it's crazy what they have to do. And then, you know, they have to, we have to explain everything, how we did it and, uh, what materials we use for everything. Um, and we have to all write it up and give it to them at the end of the project and in this operation and maintenance manual, essentially. Um, and it shows you everything, like what everything is, exactly how it was made. Um, a lot of times there's a chain of custody mm-hmm. of how stuff was made um, for pumps and whatnot. Um, and just has to, uh, it is just to keep all the standards the same, you know, just to keep all the standards within a county, within a town, within a state the same. So then they don't have all these different types of uh, pumps or different types of um, water tre- uh, wastewater treatment plants going up and they don't know what's what. You know, just keep this, keep a uh, very similar feel between all. Of the yeah. So it sounds plants. like you get good specs. So what is, what is, what is the, the bottleneck with standards? Is it when, what you guys produce or the time frame that you have, maybe you don't get out the best that you, you could do? Well, well, I, I know with my company anyway, uh, we always, I know this is kind of biased, but I look at our uh, plans that we put out for whatever it may be for pumping stations, wastewater pumping stations or um, mm-hmm. buildings or whatever. And it is just so, so much cleaner than what I see from other uh, companies. And for, in- for instance, um, w- there's this one big development in Delaware um, that we review plans for, and they just, they, they throw any kind of line that they can onto these plans. So then when I'm looking for water lines, sewer lines, mm. I can't find them. That's how bad it is. And it's just like, you know, when, like with music, when you have 
you have your instrumentation your instru- instruments and then you have your vocals you always want your vocals to come through because that's the whole point of it or depending on what you know what you're saying what you're ma- what right. you're creating with music you know you, ha- you have to balance that but like with plans though you want to whatever the pl- name of that mm-hmm. plan sheet is you want to kind of like focus it on that so you want to have your line weights darker you want to have uh the stuff that doesn't matter as much like let's say lots or whatever, uh, those are going to be like gray almost. So you can still see them, but not as much, but no, they just decide to let's put everything as dark and let's make your life miserable. And it just, you know, just, it just, it costs them more money in the end. And it's just like, why, why are you doing this? You're just shooting yourself in the foot here, you know? And if you just got got a shred of QAQC, (laughs) then maybe, guys could save money and then we wouldn't get yelled at by your boss that hired you guys to do this for taking three, four revisions for yeah. one piece of paper or for one. No. plan. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And then it's just, <sighs> see, we're not sure with this one specific example, if the, if the company doing it is trying to screw over the town mm-hmm. just for their own gain or they're yeah. just that incompetent. And that's where it's, and I think it is a bit of both a uh, speed and b money. It's it's a bit, yeah. I, I would I would agree because you're getting most of the stuff from what the town. The town's the one that's working on them, or do you actually get these from like actual other private companies? Yeah, from these oh, are from wow. other private companies. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's just like how do you guys get jobs? Like, yeah, my goodness. But that's yeah. I get you. It's it is it is one of those struggles where. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it all comes down to standards and that's something that, uh, I'm a stickler for. So like when I write my own code, um, the, mm-hmm. I mean, I write comments cause I'm a good guy. However, uh, I don't, I know I don't write, I don't write comments till the end on that guy because, uh, if my code needs comments, then it's not clean enough for the next guy to read. So, so I go through the whole that's thing fair. like a thousand times over to make sure it's the cleanest thing ever. And then I'll write my comments when I think it's good and ready. But it's the same thing where um, coming from my last job where I got to start from scratch, thank the Lord, I got to write all my own code. Coming into the job I am now, um, we just did uh, on our Android application, we just did a complete rewrite. So we went from 1.4 to 2.0. 2.0 was from the ground up. Nothing was the same. Everything was completely, completely rewritten. Mm-hmm. Um a benefit to that was is I got to put a whole bunch of new standards in place and it was awesome. This project has been like the forefront for all yeah. ap- other applications because the work that me and a coworker did on it were just a team of two. Awesome. Awesome framework. Yeah. However, when I had to convert the old code to the new code, I was I didn't write the original code and I'm going through it and some of it's like, "Oh my god, like this is this is trash. Like this is all the time where it's like i'm going through stuff and if i can't read it or if i'm just like going through it i'm like this doesn't make any sense this is you know it's uh it's the same thing where if i want to and i think you you sound like you're in the same boat where the stuff that i put out is going to be pretty close to i think how the next person's going to read it you know um right and and sometimes with plans that we get um, in from older, like, oh gosh, the 60s or whatever, when they had to do mm. all of this by hand and they had these, uh, you know, had to do by pencil or whatever, uh, it's so clean though. My yeah. Gosh. It's just, my goodness, I'll agree. it's so clean. That's a totally it's different like, standard too where it's like I, uh, 
Believe it or not, we yeah. had software. So this is me just quoting someone else because obviously I didn't even exist around this time. Um, but this company I work for, mm-hmm. we originally had a, a routing application for MS-DOS. And they they did all yeah. the mapping. Wow. So this was before Esri, but we did all the mapping of the street networks by hand, like draw them on a map, like mm-hmm. completely by hand. Yeah, Dude. it was great. They had all the drawing tools. It's pretty sweet. But I think it goes to the same thing where technology is great. You know, I can use Esri now. I can use a great IDE like Visual Studio and I can create my code. I can mm-hmm. delete it. I can go forward with it. However, going back... uh to how it was in the 60s. I mean, if you make a mistake, you make a pretty big mistake. You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference is yeah. if I make a mistake now in an application, perfect. I'm going to push out a new I'm going to push out a new update and the whole world's going to have it in 10 minutes. If I made a mistake back in the 60s, it's yeah. like does everyone not have dial-up? Like what is, you know, or the internet didn't even or the internet didn't even <laughs> exist and they had to get a new disk. And that's uh right. Same thing I'm guessing where you're talking where mistakes cost revisions, cost money, talk, you know, especially oh my if the gosh, yeah. Especially oh yeah, and if the mistake stuff. makes it, I'm guessing in your plan uh, to the people actually implementing your plan, gosh, that's got to suck. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, and and I'm looking at all these profiles for sanitary sewer and uh, and just like how everything was lettered so perfectly, and just I had to take this, I had to do graphics in college, and just like um, they kind of imprinted uh, into us like the set of standards for. Um, how to dimension stuff, how to letter stuff on, you know, on engineering designs. And I'm looking at all this old stuff. I'm like, dang, this is exactly what we learned in college, except this is actually all done by hand. Like I'm talking like hundreds of pages of towns, uh, infrastructure for water and wastewater, just all by hand. I'm like, I can't even imagine how much time this took. Like, but now, but then like what you said, the, the issue with technology nowadays is like, they can put on whatever the heck they want. You know, they can put on uh, they can put on all these other lines that have no no relation to what the what the plan yep. is saying, like the that plan paper is saying. But they just put it on there anyway because they just eh, let's why not click? Ah, huh, why not click? Right, you know. And then in AutoCAD, and they're just like they clutter it all up, and they're like, oh, I know what it's talking about. They don't think about the end user. Right. I think. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. When you do when you do yeah. most of these plans now, is that what you use? Is you use AutoCAD? Uh, I actually don't know very much AutoCAD. Um, I just review the stuff. I don't actually create it. We have a whole another department for that. Well, we what, have a civil what do you uh, what um, do you review it in? I review it on paper. Oh, for real? That way. Yeah. So you got those big? Yeah, I print off everything. Oh, man, good for you. So you literally print it out on those big printers, yeah. go over it by hand, and oh, then, yeah. oh man. See, so good. For- yeah, because it's a twenty-four by thirty-six, right? Right. Uh, for a plan. Yep. And I can see everything with such detail, whereas on a computer screen, you know, it's I have a 24, 26-inch widescreen at work. I have two, a dual monitor set up, and I can't get into the detail that I can there. I can't make little notes by hand or, right. I, you know, it's just not the same. Yeah. You know, and just sometimes – and, yeah, yes, we're an environmental company. I get it. We're wasting paper. But you know, just sometimes you can't replace paper for technology. Yeah, what are you doing, Ricky? Things. Environmental engineer cutting down trees all over the place. Like, what are you doing? Eh, we recycle it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. We recycle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything that you have or that you know of in your industry, at least, where – so, like, I know in my industry that when I write code and stuff that there is standards that – are pretty well known that if you're writing in this language or you're writing this type of application, hey, this is how how you mm-hmm. should write it. Um, 
granted people yeah. don't follow it clearly and clearly you're in the same boat. Are right. there any standards that you yeah. guys have where it's like, Hey, if I'm doing an AutoCAD drawing, should I layer this? Should I put this somewhere different? Like stuff like that. That's pretty well known. Um, well, not see with AutoCAD, it's a whole different beast kind of because you're kind of just trying to make things yeah. clear. Um, but when it comes to environmental though, environmental regulations are a whole different animal because those inv- regulations are regulated from the feds on down. Right. Like it's, it's insane. And then they, uh, there's a thing called ASTM. Um, it used to be an acronym. Now it's just a- ASTM standards or ASTM international. And it's a, it's a, uh, organization that puts out all these different standards. So then when we do an environmental site assessment, when we're looking for certain things and we write a report, there's a pretty standard set report that we use and we just basically fill in the blanks. And gotcha. um, because when they hire us and they pay us the money, they're expecting an ASTM. We, we, in our proposal, we spec that we're going to do an ASTM uh, ESA or environment, environmental site assessment. So they expect that. Gotcha. Um, whether or not, whether or not the client knows that it is, that's not our thing. We say that we're going to do it. So we're going to do right. it. Right. So you guys but, follow the uh, standards pretty, pretty close to the T. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have to actually. Yeah, well, I believe. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there is there something no that good. you would like to see, like uh, in terms of like the drawings you get, where you guys have standards? Because I feel like that's got to be pretty frustrating if that's not, like a common thing from company to company, where it's like there are these set of standards that are like unspoken, like this is how you should do it. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> even if there was, people wouldn't follow it because money. Know. Um, yeah, it's money money is above everything for a lot of for some other engineering companies uh unfortunately uh and that and it shows in their quality you know uh we may take a bit more time here at my company uh to push out a plan or even less maybe but we make we make dang sure that it is good and that there has multi it has like at least three sets of eyes on it before right. it goes out right yeah my dad you know? my the company so for everyone, my uh, I come from a long line of engineers, which I think you know. So, dad's a pipeline engineer, uh, grandfather's a pipeline engineer, uncle is I don't even know what he does, I think he just watches golf and falls asleep. But they all work for the same company. Um, but it's the same thing, really? yeah, it's the same thing, it's the same thing for them where uh, everything sees multiple sets of eyes, everything goes through different departments, and they're in the same boat as you. Where if you looked at their stuff, I'm assuming that you would think it's high quality because even the amount of time they spend on stuff, they know they do it because they have to work for, for the big dogs, like some crazy thing where like, you right. know, if I, if I see a pipeline just broke out in the Midwest or somewhere else, I have to be like, Hey, this wasn't you guys, right? Like this was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. they just triple check yeah, it, everything it, and make sure everything's good to go. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing where I think it's once you get past, and I could be wrong, but like when you go into the, some of those private companies that just do it for the money, uh, they're the ones yeah. that like, I bet you they pay so much for insurance because of the amount of stuff they get wrong. Cause that's one of the things <laughs> yeah. with engineering, you get it wrong and you're totally screwed. Like totally. It was, it was funny. Cause one of our uh, field guy, our field technicians was talking today to us about like how in the super wealthy community, um, apparently this contractor built condos on top of some uh, storm sewer piping mm-hmm. and they said that they were going to take it out and abandon it and fill it back in and make it all safe and sound or whatever. But it turns out they just put everything on top of it. They put the concrete right over the pipe and they just left it there and now there's a sinkhole in someone's backyard and this thing goes across the entire subdivision. And it's just like, 
did nobody look at this? Did nobody care? Yeah. Um, there was an expect. See, and that's that too is like there can be multiple sets of eyes on it, but still it fails because they had at least a uh, the construction company. Great. They had uh, the foreman for the construction company. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a town, county, state, whatever inspector out there looking at it. Um, did the inspector not see it? I don't know. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it's just like it still goes through, and it's like what the heck? Yeah. But I, I'm sure it's with you too. Like when with end user stuff, especially with apps and stuff like that, I'm, you know, is it, I'm assuming it's the same. Yeah. And it depends. So like when I honestly have had more, I've had better luck with like code reviews and stuff like that through open source projects than I have actually where I'm working mm-hmm. now, which is insane. So like even at the company yeah. I work, we try to do high quality stuff, but it doesn't, not all the code gets reviewed. So we're building up technical debt. Um, People are building it different ways when they shouldn't, all this other stuff. Um, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But like uh, probably the best experience I had in terms of how it's done right is I actually um, contributed to an open source library that Microsoft backs. So uh, they have a a platform called Xamarin, which we use to build Android applications, Android and iOS. Um, And they had a bug in one of the Android applications. And I found it, fixed it, published it online, you know, did what's called a pull request. So sent them my change. They looked over it, reviewed it, sent me back notes. I fixed that. They sent over notes again, went through a build server, everything checked out all the tests, and then it got merged in. But that was probably the best experience ever where it's like, hey, I made a code change, never worked on your project before. They're going to review it, send back notes in terms of guidelines. I fix those things and then it gets accepted. So um, that's nice. Yeah. Took an, I mean, the whole, from a standards perspective, that's awesome. Yeah, it took four days, I think, by the time it was done to get everything merged in and set to go. But it was oh. it was four days of people reviewing it, making sure it was good. So uh, that's yeah. that's a huge plus that I think uh, I would love to do everything that way. But obviously, it goes back to time and money and everything else. Where, yeah, time, money. Yeah, that that gets that would get a bit crazy after uh, after a few a few. Um, a few after a few commits, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it gets crazy. So, anything else Rick, that you want to cover with standards? Uh, I know we no, went I, over it. I think we, I think we talked about it pretty much, but I think we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna be talking about this a lot throughout the entire. Oh, it'll come up again because because yeah. we're both pretty detail oriented people, and yeah. we like to keep everything pretty standard and nice and clean and everything. Put out good work, but yeah, but yeah, I think I think we covered yeah. a decent amount. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, make sure to subscribe, tell your friends about us. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, uh, talking about engineering problems. If you have any questions, comments, want a topic, feel free to send us an email, uh, info at the engineer of what.com and, or just use the website, click the contact button, send us something. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So anyway, this is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.